0: Who actually work on Palestine clearly, we know what this is. This is called creating facts on the ground, which we know that Israel is doing in its colonialism, uh, racism, and apartheid. The Electronic Intifada.
1: The Electronic Intifada.
0: The Electronic Intifada. Intifada.
1: This is the Electronic Intifada Podcast. I'm Nora Barrows Friedman. And I'm Asa Stanley. Welcome back to the Electronic Intifada podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman. Mondo Weiss reported that in February, quote, a faculty panel unanimously cited with Professor Rabab Abdulhadi at San Francisco State University in a grievance she filed through her union, the San Francisco State Chapter of the California Faculty Association. Abdul Hadi's grievance reiterated her demand for SF State to fulfill its outstanding commitment to build Arab and Muslim ethnicities and diaspora studies or AMED studies by hiring two additional tenure track faculty members institutionally supporting the department, stopping the attempt to discredit AMED, and ending the creation of the hostile work environment to which Rabab has been subjected for at least 13 years for her directorship of AMED and her refusal to abandon it. Thanks to Mondo Weiss for, for first reporting on that. And in early March, Rabab's colleague, Professor Tomomi Kunukawa, also had held a grievance hearing against the university's cancellation of the AMED open classroom program. Meanwhile, Rabab still faces cancellation and censorship. Students at Cardozo for Israel-Palestine, a group at the Cardozo School of Law at Yeshiva University in New York City, say they had planned and advertised for an event with Rabab called, quote, Forms of Activism for Liberation in Palestine, scheduled for March 1st. Students say, quote, we sought to provide a platform for students on ways to collaborate with other lawyers, scholars and organizers in activist and intellectual spaces, regardless of students professional pursuits. But less than a week before the event, the dean of Cardozo informed them that the president of Yeshiva University moved to cancel the event without their consent. They say, quote, we then discovered that the school canceled our room reservation and catering order as well. Joining us to talk about all of this is Rabab Abdulhadi and Tomomi Kinokawa. Rabab Amtamoni, thank you so much for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. Welcome back.
0: For having us. It's really great to
1: be back. Thanks. Um, so... As I mentioned, um, there have been updates in your grievance hearings uh, against San Francisco State because of the ongoing censorship and repression of your department. Um, The university's Faculty Senate rendered its unanimous decision in support of both your grievances, Rabab, and this one includes regarding your academic freedom as well as contract violations and creating a hostile work environment only to have them both vetoed uh, by the university's president, Lynn Mahoney. Um, And this is all because the Israel lobby has for years targeted you um, and your colleagues uh, because of the work that you do for scholarship on Palestine. Both grievances now will go to legal arbitration, which could be a very lengthy process. What happens now? Give us an update on, on your case.
0: Well, let me uh, back up and just say that it was actually the faculty hearing panel is uh, is very important because it's a process and that's part of our collective bargaining agreement mm-hmm. between us as faculty, workers at the university and the employer, employees and employers. And sometimes the university tries to present us that we are one big happy family and we'd love nothing more as faculty because we chose uh, the career of teaching to educate to to educate to learn to pass on our knowledge to younger people and so on. It's not really for fame or fortune, as everybody knows that. So uh, uh, the 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 problem the faculty hearing panel. What's really really important about it is that it's selected randomly by faculty who serve at their own time, at free, while the university is represented by uh, you. People from the university who actually get paid, including the witnesses that the university brings, the deans, the associate deans, the dean of faculty, the provost, anybody they bring are actually on that. So that the, in that already, we're talking about a big discrepancy, but the fact the faculty hearing panel that is constituted jointly by the university and the union. So it's a very lengthy process. It's very, very complicated, lengthy process that... Uh, the, the, and, and, and we know some people, we do not know everybody, and so it's basically, they go just down the line, and they select, and they, unless there are major objections, we don't know so. The fact that our colleagues came and said, this is really wrong, twice. First, they said that the university, in both, they said that the university harmed me and my colleague, Professor Kinakawa, in shutting down our open classroom, a gender, uh, whose narratives, gender justice and resistance, a conversation with Leila Khaled. September 23rd, 2020, demanded that they apologize to us, that the university apologized to us. And me, first they said that we were harmed because the university was arguing that we were not harmed. And I think this is something we really need to talk about because our labor, our work, the amount of anguish we go through is completely discounted. And what we, what we had to go through, which Professor Kinokawa um, can also speak about because they have their own grievance as well, which is joint with mine. And secondly, that the university should apologize to, to us both. And third, that the university should have the panel ASAP without delay. This is they're very reasonable. They're not really outrageous uh, uh, claims or, or, or demands. Or this is the first one in academic freedom, especially because President Mahoney keeps claiming that she supports academic freedom. And people praise her for, for speaking for academic freedom and so on. So if she's speaking for academic freedom, why are her deeds against academic freedom, and when the when the faculty panel came that was chosen by the university and the union to say you really should do that, the, the university president vetoed, vetoed it and said, I'm against it, why would you veto it? Why aren't you allowing it to happen? The second grievance was, as you mentioned, it was around Ahmed studies and the breach of contract and the hostile work environment, and the university enlisted the dean of the College of Ethnic Studies, the associate dean of the College of Ethnic Studies and the dean of faculty who came and uh, practically spun tales, which the faculty panel saw through. And we provided evidence. And, uh, and I should say in the first uh, hearing, I was represented by my colleague, Dr. Sanghi Kil, who is a professor at San Jose State University, who herself has her- won her own grievances for the constitution of a hostile work environment, for discriminations against uh, feminists and queer professors of color and so on. Actually, one our colleague two weeks ago also won a grievance at San Jose State University. It's outrageous what's going on at our campuses. And then in the second panel, I was represented by Professor Larry Hanley, who was a professor of English and member of the executive board of the Uh, faculty, um, uh, California Faculty Association, San Francisco State chapter. So both are actually academics. They're not lawyers. They're not really legal experts, but it was also a team effort by many people who came together, put this together. We work, work with each other and everybody was really a labor of love. And what the university president did basically slapped us across the face. I mean, the second one said, no, uh, we're not going to, we're against it, we're not going to. And they what, they, what they did is they used technicalities. They'll say, oh, you could have filed uh, this again 42 days afterwards and so on. And the faculty hearing panel saw through it and said, the, the hostile work environment is ongoing. The fact that you're refusing to hire faculty is ongoing because Ahmed is not allowed to grow. And I am, I'm, there is, the university is causing me harm and they ordered the university to apologize as well. And they actually, what's really significant, they ordered the university to hire at the associate and full professor level because they were reasoning that if the university had hired 15 years ago, the faculty members would now be, if they were even assistant professors just out of grad school, with the, you know, sometimes you hire people on the promise that they will get the PhD. Even if they were hired out of grad school, by now they would have become associate and full professor. And actually this is the case at San Francisco State. Uh, so... That they, they they saw through it and they sought remedies that address structural problems, that Ahmed studies must be built, that we need faculty, that it is impossible for me to continue to be one person program, that I'm not only building the academic program, that I'm, I'm teaching alone and now I'm in, in the same dilemma. I, I submitted the courses for the fall and for the spring of next year, and I'm still being kind of like volleyball between different parts of the university. And the only explanation we can find, and the only explanation that actually to the hearing panel was convinced with, as well as many people who are reading about it and hearing is that the university is putting obstacles creating all sorts of technical uh, difficulties, using every single bureaucratic trick in, in the book, using quote-unquote business as usual, business decisions. And it's, I mean, those of us who actually work on Palestine, clearly we know what this is. This is called creating facts on the ground, which we know that Israel is doing in its colonialism, uh, racism, and apartheid upper side against the Palestinian people. You come up with sort of innocuous forms where there's thousands and thousands of orders and then you say oh it's only technical it's technical none of it is really intended to be discriminatory or racist or whatever It's technical right. but right. actually but the beauty is that the faculty hearing panel saw through that and said that this is what needs to be done the so that's really really two two big major we believe one of them has to do about the ability to speak on uh, an advocate for justice in for Palestine as part of the indivisibility of justice and legitimizing teaching Palestine within the curriculum, which you know it has been an ongoing battle because the Zionist groups and their right-wing allies, and by the way, we should also remember that it wasn't just Zionists Groups who were very much opposing it was the Zionist groups, it was the corporate university, San Francisco State University president and their corporate allies, including Zoom, and it was also the right wing groups because we've been targeted by campus reform, by every single uh, right wing group, uh, Christian United for Israel. I mean, they all Doug Lamborn, who's a right wing congressman from Colorado, uh, they and, and I mean, it's been really um, and I I know uh, my colleague Tomomi can speak. More about that, what we were subjected to. So it's what this is, this is a coalition. We're talking about people who are on the right, who actually practice, advocate racism, orientalism, Islamophobia, and we would argue, uh, uh, Dr. Kenekawa and I, colonial feminism. This is really also colonial feminism that draws on all the tropes of how Arab, Muslim, and Palestinian. Uh, women, men, gender non-binary, the the feminist and queer groups, and so on, we are constructed as being excessively terroristic, bloodthirsty, irrational, angry terrorists, uh, 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 exceedingly homophobic, exceedingly sexist. I mean, this is kind of like the university, the head university leaders. Uh, did that and I would just maybe stop at that and because I know uh, Professor Kinikawa and I have been kind of like in an ongoing conversation
1: (laughs) you have have. (laughs) (laughs) thank you Rabab yeah Tomomi um, talk to us about the hearing that you uh, were subjected to um, earlier in March and you know, kind of how you see the the uh, reactionary forces inside academia, inside the Israel lobby, inside these right-wing groups that Rabab mentioned, um, all kind of coalescing to try and stifle uh, speech about Palestine in your classroom.
2: Yes, thank you. So um, I filed my own grievance that is um, identical with Dr. Dr. Um, grievance um, about the silencing of our open classroom. and um, on March 18th uh, this year, I finally got the hearing for the grievance, and prior to that, um, I, as Dr. Abdur-Hadi mentioned, like when the faculty panel unanimously ruled uh, in favor of Dr. Dr. Grievance. For a moment, I thought maybe I don't have to continue my grievance, but then, um, like, uh, President Mahoney vetoed it, and so that, and and then again for the second um, grievance, that Doctor uh, Druhadis second grievance again, and so, um, so that that kind of uh, create that's the context of my grievance, and um, so. Well, the starting with what we have to go through, I think. In a, I mean, uh, it, in response to what Dr. Dr. Hadi already um, described, I think what I I would add is that, um, yeah, it's like the from the very beginning, um, like both President Mahoney and also Provost um, Summit, like um, it was very clear that they were um using the language of the Zionists and um and like um sending us the threatening email without even checking their own lawyers and um like repeating what the Zionist uh, organizations claimed. And um and they just like they said like they are they are like champion of academic freedom while um they have no like they had shown any they had shown no help to protect our academic freedom and um and especially the um uh, they didn't like they they never like they knew that like the law fair project which was um the, the organization that kind um brought our case to the department of justice like you know the um accusing the as a kind of ma- material support for terrorism. That organization has been attacking Dr. Jihadi for a long time and the university had a foreknowledge of it, but they have never criticized the organization, the racist, um, their racist attack on Dr. Jihadi and Ahmed. And I could, and then they continue to kind of use the Zionist um, conflation, you know, between critique of um, like apartheid state of Israel with anti-Semitism, and um, they never, I mean, like, I mean, and then, like, you know, that like, there is a lot of, um, like, uh, the anti-Zionist Jewish scholars and activists who have been making the point for a long time in public, and also on ISFSC campus too, Dr. jihadi. Uh, organized like um you not know, like a teacher's and um open classrooms um about the issue and also our colleagues like um who were also panelists for the open classroom wrote to um like a president mahoney about like the whole issue and so it's not like it's not like they didn't know but um they did they, they chose not to critique and i mean make the points, and that's like as a- like a feminist scholars like it is i mean i don't know like it, it, it is um well disappointing to say the least, but um um and it is also embarrassing um and um intellectually like and um so and so that also like i mean the the fact that we had to deal with that. um, And then um, we had to kind of work really hard to um, counter the discrediting of our work by our leaders of our institution. That's been really, um, that's been a huge toll on us. Um, And um, so we had to defend ourselves like we are put into in the position to be defending ourselves in front of our students, uh, in front of our colleagues, who are very much confused, right? Like uh, because you know these high power and like, academics were um, siding with Zionists, um, and so so that's a violence that we had to go through, and like and also and then. If through that experience i you know like this only a, a tip of iceberg like it's the si- silencing of the open custom is like only a, a part of the pattern that has going on for over not fifteen years um and uh, against dr B. jihadi and ahmed and like and this um, astronomical labor that dr B. jihadi had to put you know in Like to defend, not defend, to protect Ahmed, so that the like amazing program will continue to be available for our students, our communities, um, all of us. And so, so the it's been really. I mean, like, um, I I don't know. that in itself, I mean, like the yeah. the way the university has been doing that in itself, like it's um, it's very difficult to um, live with, um, and um, emotional labor has like we had to um, suffer from lots of emotional labor and like trauma from this whole experience, and um, and so sorry, going going to our um, the, so my grievance hearing, so um a grievance hearing, it it, it took a while f- for me to be able to actually have the hearing. There were a lot of postponements and so forth. But then um, on March 18th, finally, there was the hearing, and um, everything uh, on our side team um, was going well. Um, Dr. Kiev was already mentioned, who um, represented me, and um, we were presenting strong case. Um, And we are the chair of the um, faculty hearing panel for uh, Dr. Abdul Hadi's grievance, um, Dr. Andreana Clay, who was one of the witnesses and uh, so she offered a witness very strong powerful witness um, in support of us. And um, so we we got here so like so i present i did the open um, statement and then we had the dr clay's um, testimony and dr kill's presentation and um, but then the um, hearing had to be adjourned uh, abruptly Um, it it was um, i mean the um, university's representative's father passed away suddenly um, and so the the we had to adjourn. And um, so the, and then since then it's been almost two weeks, but um, I have not heard from the university, like how we are going to reschedule the rest of the hearing. So everything is kind of, um, I, I mean, like we are just, I'm very much confused like of how that- of the process will happen. And uh, we, we are still waiting to hear back from the administrators how we are going to proceed from here.
1: Right. And if, like in Rabab's case, the faculty panel agrees with your grievance and upholds it and says that the university has done harm to you as a professor and as a scholar, um Lynn Mahoney, the the president of San Francisco State, can veto it at, at her will anyway. Um, so, so we're dealing with like two, three cases going to arbitration. And this is all to, you know, be able to teach in your classrooms to your students who want to learn from you, um, you know, when you when you kind of take a step back and 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 you know, look at it from a from a broader perspective. I mean, this is all meant, this is a very, you know, uh, regular, uh, familiar tactic with the Israel lobby, with powerful politicians who want to suppress, you know, criticism of Israel, where they try and make activists, advocates, uh, scholars so tired and so weary and so frustrated that they're spending you know, more than a decade of their life and, and you know, scholarly work dedicated to, to filling out forms and going to grievance hearings, <laughs> you know, it's all meant to to kind of wear you down. Um, yeah. How? Yeah, I'm go sorry. ahead, Raba. I was going to ask, like, how, how you deal with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was just actually thinking about during the 1987 Intifada of the Stone, and I always say, I don't say Intifada, first and second and so on, and you know my, my, my argument about that, that it wasn't the first. People called it the first, okay. But uh, you remember that Ishak Rabin, uh, the, at the time the Minister of War of Israel, not Defense, uh, ordered a policy of might, force and beatings to break the arms of young Palestinian children Yeah, they don't the breaking the bones policy. policy. Yeah. Breaking the bones to take them out of battle. So they would not first intimidation, creating a chilling environment and also take them out for three, four months until their arms uh, heal. And then and we saw we saw it on CBS news, actually, two Israeli soldiers breaking the the, 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 the elbow of of a young kid. That they were doing it again and again and again and there is all these tactics that we talk about collective punishment because i think if we think about it uh, uh, there are parallels it's not there of course of course it's not exactly the same but they remind us of how those in power who are upholding undemocratic unjust uh, practices because they are catering and connecting with Particular forces, and it certainly this is what San Francisco State University administration is doing. Whether we're talking about uh, President Len Mahoney, we're talking about Provost Summit, we're talking about the deans, uh, several deans who've been involved in it. Whether we talk about the whole CSU system, that just two weeks ago we know about the whole scandal of actually giving a sweetheart deal to uh, the Chancellor Castro, who was covering up sexual harassment. Meanwhile, they say, oh, San Francisco said CSU is sexually harassment-free campus and so on. If it is free campus, how come you're giving him these millions of dollars as as if you are rewarding him of actually consolation prize? And if it hasn't been for the activism of the faculty, the students, the staff unions, the unions and so on, who spoke up and so on. The next day, there was a hearing at CSU last week with the board of trustees. That's when then they had to reverse their decision and so on. But they think of it as business as usual because they're treating us as a corporation. It is it's sort of like that we're working for them and we're supposed to obey. And they are supposed to say jump and we say how high. And this is exactly the same thing that they are doing. What they are and this is and I'm saying and I'm bringing it in because people sometimes separate. They think that the universe is a different space than the Israel lobby than the right-wing forces and so on. Because I think we could also just like briefly, this is not the, done the topic here, we don't have enough time, but remember what happened when the uprisings rose up for black lives again after the murder of George Floyd. You remember how the, the, the people who were protesting were called thugs, were called looters, were called all sorts of names, violent, angry, angry mobs and so on. I mean, this, this, has, this, is, this is very similar tactics. Ruin the reputation of people, character assassination, bad mouth them, uh, bring the tanks. They brought in the tanks and tear gas and curfews. We know this very well. Those of us who either work on Palestine or have grown up or under other repressive systems, because it's not exceptional to Palestine. It's something that we're dealing with and focusing on. But this is what they are doing. They perfected that and they collaborate with each other. I mean, only two weeks ago, Jew, Jewish Voice for Peace in New York exposed the Anti-Defamation League saying, oh, this is really very bad. This is getting us egg on our faces. We might we really need to kind of slow down this whole collaboration. So on. But they cannot slow it down. They may be able to do it as public relations because the whole raison d'etre of Israel is a military garrison state it's a settler colonial military garrison that is losing the battle in public opinion that is losing the the main source of its support in the united states the united states is a very important place not only because of the billions of dollars of military and economic aid and unconditional support that israel gets and how but it's also because for for for, for israel to use to lose, and for designers to lose the grassroots support that's growing more and more and more, more and more and more among all people, but more and more and more among Jewish people, among younger Jewish people as well, that are saying, "No, you can't. You can't speak in my name. What you're doing is not in my name." So what they're trying to do, they do these multiple tactics that we've seen before: chilling environment, making you isolated, radioactive, so nobody will actually dare talk to you because if they they're going to be punished as well making you the poster child the model to kind of like silence everybody else and we know so many cases in the academy we know so many cases of the students and so on it's inside and outside of the academy it coincides with all the ntbds bills and the against critical race theory against uh, women and gender studies every single day we hear about it and the one one thing that's really important about the movement now is that people are actually seeing the connection It has been a very long time before people actually saw the connection. We're saying Palestine is not exceptional and Zionist lobby, Israel lobby, as well as the US uh, right-wing supporters and liberal, neoliberal corporate supporters try to cover up for Israel by making it exceptional. It's separate, it's different, it's the only democracy in the region and so on. And we know all of this stuff is not really true and we don't even want to waste time on it. But what they're trying to do then is what they can do is silence silence people and silence people at the university where we are speaking to people's minds we are providing critical thinking we're not really telling students to do I mean they, they tried multiple times to say I'm brainwashing students and students come and say even Israeli students Zionist students say I took her class and I did really well I got an A. It's not about I did my work okay because I am I'm in it. We are Ahmed is just a center knowledge production program is defined as such it's approved as such every single level, including by CSU, all of it. So this is a program that maybe now they regret that they, they enabled, allowed it, allowed us to actually advocate for it and get it. So they would like to silence it because it is, they don't want to legitimize knowledge production within campuses where we are speaking to younger people, where we are teaching, we're providing all of the information so students don't know we didn't know. They didn't know about the slavery. They did not know about settler colonialism. This is part of why the 68 strike, what we call the spirit of 68 at San Francisco State by Black Student Union, Third World Liberation Front, rose and built a big coalition and so on. They want to nip it in the bud. They don't want to allow another 68 to happen. They are very much troubled by it. So they try to silence us because Israel is failing in its public relations. It is unable to justify what it's doing. So bullies as we all know, do not go away. They get nastier and nastier and nastier, and they try to crush. And so their policy now is take no prisoners. They Not only they do all of these things to you and make your life miserable and direct at you all sorts of psychological, emotional, political, bureaucratic, every single trick in the book that they can do, but they also try to take you out. So you cannot advocate for what you are doing. So this also adds more labor to us because in our insistence to have open classrooms, our insistence to speak to our publics, to our students inside and outside of the classroom. But when, when my dean told me that the classroom is only for the students who are registered in it, i.e. those who pay, I said, I'm sorry, I believe in free education for all. And the students are not only inside, also And the, the Palestinians say prison is a university, but it's not only, I mean, this is a saying in the Palestine, but if you talk about the black prisoners in the U.S., you're talking about uh, the indigenous prisoners, you're talking about all the people who fight for freedom. In prison, people also change and learn. And we have so many examples of that. So they would yeah. like to stop it. And they would like, so this takes much more work of us to do that. And so they get they get nastier and nastier and nastier. The, the good news for us is that they're losing. The bad news is that it takes so much work, and it yeah. takes so much effort, and it's intended as such. None yeah. of it is accidental, none of it is random. What, yeah. they, what they try to do to us, I mean, we've been two years. This, this has been since two, 2020, and we haven't been able to have the classroom. And every single time we try to do a classroom, um, uh, Dr. Kinakawa and I, we collaborate. With, we're doing another classroom in two weeks about uh, the historical denialism. About Japanese historical denialism, Zionist historical denialism, about Palestine comfort women, the collaboration because we all have like a lot of solidarity and collaboration working with each other uh, in the Bay Area and elsewhere, and it takes so much effort because we have no resources. I mean, Ahmed has zero budget. Yesterday, uh, the uh, financial dean of the college sent me a message saying, "Oh, we're going to give you more money." We are raising your work-study from $1,800 a year, 1,800, we're giving you 500 more. <laughs> the say, thank you very much. When we don't have staff, wow. we don't have a budget, we don't have faculty, I'm the only faculty member, you won't schedule my, our classes, and then you come and say, and that's what they argued that our classes are low enrolled, you keep chipping at us, you, do, you mislabel the classes, you keep switching them, you hide them, hiding. Classes, hiding, what does it, and how is our students going to be able to register for for hidden classes, where are they going to find them? You do all of this stuff, you chop up everything, and then you blame the victim Mm -hmm. for actually trying to speak up for themselves by trying to present us as angry terrorists, are too apathy, we're demanding things that we shouldn't have, we should just obey, and be so grateful that we are getting these overworked positions, and we're in it because we love our students, We are in it because we believe in it. And the good news is that our colleagues, our faculty colleagues, the union, the labor movement, people are actually very much like aware of learning more and more and more. So it's backfiring on them. So President Mahoney is very upset because the union has written several statements against her and criticized her said that she was undemocratic and i just want to mention something this is also built upon two years ago the, the students the associated students student government passed a resolution for divestment from israel and president mohoney wrote them back they deliberated for six months hmm. and they came with a democratic decision and she said to me i'm sorry i'm not going to implement it right i mean so what's the point of actually democratic participation and they claim that we are coming from uh, oppressive repressive dictatorial context and so on. So what are you doing here? What are you doing here when you refuse to even implement decisions that are taken by a process that you agreed
1: to to start with? That's right, at a public university. <laughs> right. That's
0: supposed to be for the public.
1: That's right, that's right. Yeah. Well, we only have a few minutes left. Um, Rabab and Tomomi, I-, I wonder if you can just kind of briefly comment on what happened at Yeshiva University. Uh, Rabab, you were invited to speak there. Um, and then the president of the law school or the president of, of the entire university itself um, decided to, to cancel the entire event without any explanation. Um, you know, this is yet another campaign to silence and censor Palestinian narratives and, and even any sort of discussion on Palestinian rights. Um, what are the students doing about it? And and how do you see this situation taking yeah. place?
0: And it's also backfiring, just like what's happening at San Francisco. They they try to silence us, and then everybody realizes what's going on, and we actually garner more support than we ever had before. So these two young uh, Jewish uh, second-year law students contacted me back in October, and we've been talking again and again. And they wanted to invite me, and I said, "Can you at least contribute to Ahmed? Can you at least contribute to the work we're doing?" And so on. This they said. We have no money. I said, okay, so I'll just do it for you. No problem. And so we went, we negotiated. We, we get to the point where I was supposed to go. And they wanted me to Zoom in. And I said, no, I will come actually in person because it's not doesn't make sense for the students to be gathered in a room and have somebody Zoomed in. Since I am in the East Coast, I will come. And so we started actually thinking about security and talking to, to all our friends in Washington Heights and New York and so on to be supportive. And then it was less than a week. The students, the two students get called by the dean of the Law School and told that the president of Yeshiva University himself intervened and canceled the event. And they said, no, we don't want to cancel it. So they called me and we talked about it and they said, we don't want to cancel it. But then they couldn't actually have it because the university canceled the vending, the, 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 the food, the dinner order that they had, and then they canceled the venue. They canceled the reservation. So it wasn't actually even possible to have it. And the students, really courageous, young, which is also takes about the labor. They are doing human rights law. Their second year students are very, very excited. What is going on there, that the, the, they wrote an amazing statement. Uh, they contacted, they had 13 student clubs supporting them. They circulated an internal petition over 120 students. Students are writing them and saying, "What do you want? What do you want to do?" We want now. There are there are they're mobilizing a coalition that people, different civil rights and, and legal organizations, and uh, um, uh, Palestine support and Jewish Voice for Peace and many organizations are actually support. They are outraged because and the thing is is that Yeshiva actually hosted two very right wing, uh, uh, right wing, violent racists. I mean, this is the thing is that. I was accused of anti-Semitism several times and every single time all the, the investigation and showed proved, which is humiliating to even have to go through it. But I was proven that this is not true. All the accusations were not true and so on. And the students actually have done their work because they're law students. They are learning to become lawyers. And so and then the university actually even said, we're not going to we're not going to be hosting her. And they invited me to speak about kind of like collaboration, how people can work together, mm-hmm. what students can so the question is that, what are they afraid of? Yeah. I'm always what are you afraid of? So they are insisting, they're building, they're insisting to have me back, and I insist to go back. And I'm I'm, I'm working with the students hand in hand, and they are amazing, two young feminist activists, uh, women who are like bearing the brunt and of this and the silencing, and, and they're very courageous, and they're doing it. So we're going to have the event at Yeshiva University as we're going to have our classroom
1: great <laughs> um finally tomomi um what can you say about you know the, the the current atmosphere right now and what your students are telling you um in terms of you know when they see you going through this kind of harassment by the institution um when all you're doing is trying to teach your classes um you know what? what do you tell them and 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 what are the next steps that 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 you know supporters not just students at at SF State but supporters out in the general public can do to support both you and Rabab
2: so um my, my students um who got to attend um at WGS uh open classes they all um have been um like appreciating what they learned in the class. And like they have spoken very passionately, like how much that actually transformed their understanding of um you know um racial gender justice and like anti-colonial um decolonial movements, and um and um you know and Palestine um uh, Muslim feminism and so forth like then feminism in general like they how they at the um the those costumes were really um you know, life transforming for them and um and and also so they get really um many so when I tell them what happened in 2020 many of them are like students are some of them are are, are, like in disbelief and then and many of them do say like um it is unacceptable that that is happening on their campus and i think they relate to that through their own frustration about like their experience on campuses throughout this pandemic time and like many students i mean i teach women and gender studies courses so i got to hear like their more like a personal stories um as a part of this um you know our feminist work and um and so they I, I think they do understand like um that's like all the their struggles um and like you know the um what we are just, um, struggling with with the Ahmed and the Dr. Dr. Hadi um those are all connected and um and also the last year um after um the for like a first veto by um, President Mahoney, um, alumni and uh, students, graduate students, um, labor, and like uh, also six day strikers, um, all of them and faculty members um, got together and did a rally on campus um, in support of Dr. Abdur-Hadi and Ahmed. And, um, and so there's like a growing movement um, on campus. Despite the fact that there's a lot of repression on campus, um, and um, also um, us, we uh, led a campaign to um, demand uh, President Mahoney's resign—I mean, uh, resignment, um, resignation, designation. Sorry, um, and um, and then some. Front- I think Dr. Hadi already mentioned that how. Um, like a San Francisco uh, Labor Council also issued a resolution in support of us. Um, and so I think it, it is, we are looking at the growing movement and um, and, um, and that's like our colleague, like uh, Dr. Robin Kelly, who was supporting US, US um campaign, like mentioned that how, like what, we are looking at this connected to what's happening with the uh, critical race theory, crit- ethnic studies, and like um w- like what the president at SFSU, like uh, the administration at the SFSU is doing is, is uh making a very dangerous precedent um in this very difficult time. I mean like a very dangerous time. And so so I think like we if we 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 really need to like keep pressing and like uh, like expanding our like movements to um and um to support existing like,
1: movements. Yeah. Um, so. thank you. Um thank you Tomomi Kunokawa and Rabab Abdulhadi, both professors at San Francisco State University, um and members of the AMED or Rabab is the only member of the AMED studies program <laughs> there at SF State. Um if people want to learn more about Ahmed Studies and support uh, both of you, where can they go?
0: They can go. There is a, on uh, on online. There is a um, the campaign to support Jamal Abdul Hadi. Okay,
1: great. There. And we'll we'll link to it, and we'll also um, have it on the bo- the podcast signed, post.
0: They signed they signed the the petition to demand the resignation of uh, President Mahoney and holding accountability and demanding that San Francisco State implement the the the, the decisions by the faculty hearing panel and attend the next hearing uh, for uh, my colleague, Professor Tomomi Kinokawa. Just come and support us, show us love, okay. show us support, stay, show up for us when you need, as we need to show up for all movements for justice.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rabab Abdul Hadi and Tomomi Kinokawa. Um, Thank you for all of your work and your tireless work. I hope you get some rest soon. <laughs> and of, course. of course. Thank you.
2: Thanks for watching this video. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit like, leave a comment. These engagements help us with the YouTube algorithm and it helps us to get around Silicon Valley censorship as much as possible. It does make a difference. You can also support our journalism by going to electronicinterfada.net and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you.